0: Join host Bo Mashanti as he brings the next generation of tomorrow's NFL stars to you today. No more than the name.
1: Welcome back to another edition of the C2P. I'm your show host, Bo Marshani. As always, we appreciate you stopping by. Stitcher, Apple Music, iTunes, Block Talk Radio, all opportunities to download and listen to our featured guest. We have a fantastic young man today on the program. He hails from the National Championship Team of Alabama, and he was also the Patrick McNally Award winner for the nation's top long snapper, and that's none other than Thomas Fletcher. Um, Thomas, welcome to the program. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, man. Thank you guys for having me on.
1: Uh, we appreciate you stopping by. And, you know, uh, knowing that you were coming on, um, we texted Jim Nagy, um, the G- executive director of the Senior Bowl, and he had some kind words to say about you. I said, hey, anything to add when Thomas comes on? He said, truly one of the coolest specialists we've ever scouted and been around. He's an awesome dude. So, obviously, you got a <laughs> flair, a great personality to really galvanize guys and, and kind of be a lightning rod for positivity?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, first off, you know, shout out to Jim Nagy for everything that he did in getting the senior bowl to happen. Uh, at one point during the season, I think a lot of us didn't believe that an opportunity like that was going to be a reality just because of everything that we had going on and the logistics of bringing 130, 150 guys from all different areas of the country down to mobile and you know getting them on the field getting them in a hotel together and giving us you know the opportunity that was remarkably beneficial to everybody who was a part of it uh for for him and his staff to pull that off was was unbelievable uh just a remarkable accomplishment on their part and you know just can't say enough good things about about jim and about the people at the senior bowl first and foremost but uh yeah man i mean i've always just i think A lot of people take football as something where they need to hide their personality. Um, But, you know, from, from my perspective, it's, it's a game made up of people of real people and, you know, people who want to have interaction with their players and players that want to have interaction with each other. So I've always, you know, tried to just stay true to myself and, you know, first and foremost be who I am and, you know, try and find ways where my personality can fit into to a program and can you know help the guys around me and help put us in a chance where we can win football games. So.
1: Well, yeah, well, you've definitely been part of a program that uh, wins football games. I I think that's actually a, an understatement. You're you're a part of a program that wins national championships, and uh, I'm sure that's something you're going to always look back on and just be endearing forever, kind of relentlessly, uh, just awesome. Um, now we weren't done texting guys. We also texted Chris Rubio. And I said, Chris, he said, What do we need to know about this young guy? And he, he said, Rubio long snapper, Vegas event winner, two time Rubio long snapper, twelve tier winner, number one snapper for Rubio for years. He also mentioned the McNally Award. And then he put and you might like this the best, he said, tremendous human being with a bright future no matter what he chooses to do. Is that fair enough?
0: Yeah, Rubio has been nothing but but phenomenal for me. I mean he really you know, my, my dad did long snap. And so that's kind of how I got introduced to it. But how I got introduced to it in a more professional sense was from Rubio. And I mean, he's been huge for me in a snapping aspect, but also just off the field and being a mentor for me. And I mean, he was, you know, one of the guys that, you know, gave me the advice to kind of let my personality out and, you know, show people, you know, who I was as a human being, as well as, a football player but I mean Rubio is I mean a- anybody listening to this who has a kid that you know wants to get into long snapping isn't really sure how they're supposed to go about it or wants to get evaluated and just kind of see you know where they compare to other guys I mean he is by far the world's number one authority on uh, on long snapping and getting guys into college and, and, and stuff like that and he was he was widely beneficial for me and my development and a huge, huge factor in, you know, my ability to come to the university of Alabama, which is something that, you know, I'll be thankful for forever. No question.
1: Definitely. And, and, you know, and again, Chris has mentioned the same thing about you, how awesome it was to have you as a kind of a kid to to teach and, and watch you blossom and you've been able to do that, And you mentioned your dad long-snapping. Was that something he had to convince you to do, or was that something you just wanted to do and kind of follow in his footsteps?
0: Uh, It it was a little bit of both. I mean, you know, I I idolized the idea of it because my dad did it. And, you know, naturally as as sons, we look up to our parents. And, you know, I I still look up to my dad today and what he does today. But, you know, when I was a kid, I was – I was the one kid that I knew that knew anything about long snapping. And, you know, believe it or not, it's not super cool to your friends when you're eight or nine years old to be the kid that wants to long snap. So I was, I was a little apprehensive to it at first. Uh, But, you know, once I, once I got to the high school level, you know, you, you want to play varsity football as quickly as you can play varsity football. And I was trying to figure out, you know, how, how am I going to get my foot in the door? How am I going to have an effect on the betterment of the entirety of the program, not just, you know, at a freshman or a JV level. And, you know, I I had to realize that snapping was probably the way that that was going to happen. And, you know, my dad, when when I went to my dad and, you know, basically told him I want to get more into this, you know, he was obviously excited about it and excited that, you know, (laughs) I was excited about it and he, you know, helped, helped me a ton. And he was, you know, fully supportive of it, the entire time of the process, you know, like once I started going to Rubio camps, he would go with me to every camp that I went to. Once I started taking visits, he was there for every visit and just offering advice along the way of, you know, things that he wishes he would have done different, that he thinks I should do a certain way. And, you know, I mean, he's been in- incredibly beneficial for me. He's been a fantastic father my entire life. Uh, but, yeah, he was, he was a big factor in me getting into long snapping. You know, I was definitely blessed to have uh, somebody in my house who had done it before and that could, you know, guide me down the right path.
1: I love it. Once again Thomas Fletcher, the top considered the top long snapping prospect in this twenty twenty one NFL draft. Kind enough to join us here on the C two P as we found out what this young man brings to the NFL draft table that's quickly, quickly approaching its end of this month in April. So I'm curious. So you know, you arrive at Alabama, and you know your skill set's fantastic, but you know it might not work out. When do you get the sense that what you're doing at Alabama can garner an opportunity to make a living in the National Football League? Um,
0: you know, it's just kind of. I think the the biggest thing is the fact that you know we we've enjoyed a lot of success in the time that I've been in college, like no question about it. And so I've had you know, so many guys around me that had the opportunity to play football at the professional level. And, you know, I was just put in such a beautiful position to get to watch those guys go through the process and, you know, see who made it and see who didn't make it and then get to kind of figure out, you know, what some guys did right and what others, you know, didn't do right. And, I mean, my my roommate when I was a freshman in college was Minka Fitzpatrick, which is, you know, a a perfect example (laughs) of a guy who is, you know, a professional in every sense of the word. And so I was exposed to guys who did things at a high level at a very young age in college and then was around them the entirety of my college career. And, I mean, you know, some of my best friends, not only from football, but in life are going to have opportunities to do things like that. And so, you know, when you are around people who are going through the process, you know, you kind of start to pick up traits of the guys who do things correctly. And so I think, you know, I'm, I, I just consider myself, not even just from a, a specialist perspective, but, you know, I consider myself to be on the path that, you know, guys who have come through Alabama before me have been on and will continue to be on
1: Excellent. And you know what, when we hang up, I'm going to have to text you because I cover the Steelers. So with Mika up there, I'm going to have to to get a good, uh, fun story about Mika that I can ask him about to get a story. Um, But for you, um, I mean, you don't have to mention the team, but I know earlier today you said you had a Zoom call. What's it like just, you know, letting teams know who you are? And and what do you you think are those hallmark home run abilities that they're going to fall in love with as a a long snapper that can get you drafted?
0: Well, I think what I think it benefits me in the Zoom meetings, in the fact that I mean I I played a leadership role on the team as a specialist, which is you know obviously not not super common. There are guys who who have done it and who have done a great job of it. I mean, you know Carson Tinker for one, when he was at Alabama, he played a huge leadership role, and then you know J.K. Scott my freshman year. Like it, it happens, but it's it's not an all the time thing, and so I mean that you know, that kind of sets me apart in one way or another. But I think the biggest thing that was beneficial for me in my college career that has pertained to these calls is the fact that we ran a pro-punch system my freshman year of college. We didn't do it the past three years, but the system that we ran that I, you know, kind of matured in, in being a college football player and being in a program where, I mean, if – you have to learn a system. You know it for the rest of your life. I mean, we joke here at Alabama that, you know, you, you come to Alabama and you get a degree in whatever field you choose to get a degree in, but you are guaranteed a Ph.D. in football. And so I learned <laughs> everything that I, you know, at that time. I'm not saying I don't have more to learn because I absolutely do. But, you know, I have at least the foundation of knowing the calls, knowing the protections, and, you know, knowing... Just, you know, a good word for it is foundation. Just having the foundation of knowing the calls, knowing the protection, knowing kind of how things go, knowing how fast the pace of the game is when you're running that type of punt system. And for me to be able to relay, you know, my knowledge about the game, not that, again, not that it is perfect, but that it is a foundational aspect of, you know, you know my knowledge of the game and what I'm going to need to be doing going forward because in the National Football League everybody runs that punt.
1: So and, and Thomas, I'm not saying this because you're on the program. Even if you hung I'm hung up now, I would still say it. I think from the first two minutes into the show, I even I even showed I'll even show you I'll text you my notes because I always take notes when I do the shows. I said I even type I wrote down first guy that you mentioned the leadership role. That's the first thing I picked up is. I got the sense that you were a leader, and I, you know, I'm not. I mean, we've been doing this for over ten years. I mean, you know, we usually get all the you know top long snappers on, but I've never had a kid come across in such a demeanor as yourself. As, and I, I don't mean this to discredit the position, but like it really felt that you were an integral part of that team, where you were a voice. I don't know that, but just that's my persona and my perception. The way you come across it, you were really a key piece, not only in terms of the position but just, again, a voice in that locker room. Is that fair to say?
0: Uh, I, I think my teammates would say that that was fair to say. I mean, you know, I, you, you need to be careful in this position that you're not stepping on the toes of other guys because, I mean, you do play a minimal role on the field. I mean, your your job is, is very simple as a long snapper. It is to do your job. And you don't want to, you know, again, like I said, step on anybody's toes, but after – the national championship game my sophomore year where we had, it, it was the most embarrassing game I've ever played in as, a, as an amateur athlete I mean, ever. Um, and I, I, I saw a need for leadership more than anything. And, you know, I, I thought I like, I had the belief in myself and I bet on myself that, you know, I had personality traits that could help and not necessarily, you know, you're not, you're not going to be a, a stand up on the table, rah, rah type of guy. But, you know, I I realized standing on the sideline watching that game that I couldn't go on the field and do anything miraculous, like score a touchdown, cause a turnover, do something to get us back in the game or to flip the momentum of the game. But in reflection over the couple of weeks following that game, I realized my best bet in the betterment of the organization as a whole was to have a positive effect on the people who could do miraculous things. And so I kind of made that, you know, a, a bit of a mission for me. And I went to Coach Saban and kind of, you know, asked for his blessing to do that because I, I absolutely believe in the importance of that. And, you know, I just – I, I kind of ran with it. And, you know, I had to learn things along the way. But, you know, I, 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 I believe I, – I truly believe that my teammates would say that, you know, I, I had a positive effect on them and that, you know, every, everything that I did was first and foremost for the betterment of the team and to try and put myself and everybody else in the best possible position I could to help us win games.
1: Now, excellent, Thomas. You've been a fabulous guest, and I I am so glad that you came on, and we got to kind of dive in and know you a little bit better because that's why we love having you guys on the show. Again, fabulous career. I think you've been able to accomplish everything that a player could do at your position. Before we let you go, though, we always like to have a little bit of fun. We call it three and out, just a few off-the-wall questions. You ready to take a shot with those?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: All right, now you played for Nick Saban, one of the most iconic and successful coaches in college football. Um, with that said, during practice, is there any quirky type habits that he has that you guys might irritate him, that, you know, he just has little pet peeves that you guys joke about, but you know that it will get him going?
0: Oh, man, I mean,
1: <laughs> uh, not that we joke
0: about because – I mean, everything we do, like, I'll I'll start with this. Everything we do has to be to a particular standard. I mean, he demands that of everybody in the organization, and it is a huge part of why he has been as successful as he has been. But I would say the quickest way to upset Coach (laughs) Saban in a practice is not wearing the right stuff at practice. That will get you – in a whole – oh, my – like, not having – if we go out for a walkthrough and in shorts and T-shirts and you don't tuck your shirt in, Cardinal sin right off the bat. If you go out and you have – like, you know, a lot of guys like to, you know, in modern football, they tuck their jersey up under their shoulder pads. You just don't come out on the field if you're going to tuck your jersey up under your shoulder pads. If you come out and you're supposed to be wearing knee pads and thigh pads, and he can see through your shorts that you're not wearing thigh pads, just <laughs> for the sake of everybody else, do not come out on the football field. And if you don't run, like, there's, there's a bunch of science now behind, like, short burst movements and stuff like that. So our conditioning has tapered to, you know, we'll run, like, 10, 10-yard sprints after practice. Go ahead and don't run the 10-yard sprint like you're running for your life and find out what upsets Coach
1: there. I love it. And uh, it's funny is uh, we had one of the Michigan guys on, and we asked him about Coach Harbaugh, the same question. And he said one of Coach Harbaugh's biggest pet peeves was, uh, you know, guys with untucked shirts. And he said he could see an untucked shirt from the other side of the field. And, you know, you know, you know, he was coming to you know give you you know a piece of his mind. Um, how about this one? And this is a big hit or miss with long snappers. Uh, any trick shots? Do you do any trick shots with the long snapping?
0: Uh, the position doesn't really call for trick shots. And like when you're in a game, I, I highly, highly encourage anybody who long snaps to not be like, oh, I'm going to do a trick shot when you're snapping in a game. But, I mean, we'll we'll mess around it at, at practice. And, I mean, we've got trash cans all the way around the field that have, like, the little opening in them with the, the door that, like, when you push something into the trash can, the door opens and shuts back. And they're right at, like, waist level. And so I'll snap balls into the trash can during practice, which, I mean, it helps on accuracy and everything. But it's also, I mean, you know, fun to compete with the other snappers at practice and be like, you know, A, we'll have the three of us snap, and, you know, the first guy who gets it in the uh, trash can, the other two have to run half-gassers after practice or something like that. Like, put something on the line for it. But trick shots, not really.
1: no. Yeah. So are you the Steph Curry of the trick shot or the distant shot to the trash can on the Bama roster?
0: <laughs> um. I love I love my my guys. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come on and, and try and okay. you know, downplay their okay. ability.
1: Fair enough, man. And the last one, as this draft dwindles down and the days get closer and closer, who's the best cook in your family, and what would you want that person to prepare to celebrate as you celebrate draft weekend? Ooh, best
0: cook in my family is definitely my mom, and. What I want my mom to make. Honestly, so like the, the the thing about my mom is like she doesn't cook by recipe. So she could make you pesto pasta six days in a row, and the recipe for the pesto <laughs> pasta would change every single time she did. It'd be good every time, but she would never use the same process to make the pesto pasta. So I i would probably just like, I mean you know you're you're. you're your mom being your mom, she knows what her kids like to eat better than anybody, so I'd probably just ask her to surprise me with something up. <laughs>
1: Excellent, man. Uh, when I say this, I, what a pleasure to have you on and allow our audience to know who you are, and we'll be seeing your thing, and I'm sure we'll be seeing you do what you do best for a long, long time. But with that said, Thomas, stay blessed, stay hungry, stay humble, and we can't wait to see where you land at the end of this month.
0: Awesome. I appreciate
1: you guys having me on, man. I enjoyed it. Excellent. Once again, that is Thomas Fletcher, and I'm telling you, folks, I haven't had a guy, that, I really that impressive come on a show in a while. I mean, he got to be one of the top guys we spoke to draft season. I think. Well, we're prospect, I think 126 with this show. So I mean, what fabulous! And again, I've never had a long snapper come in, and one every one that he, he he was selfless in praise, just saying how much they helped him achieve what he wanted to, and, again, that leadership role. I tell you what, this is a cat that you definitely want to keep an eye on. I can't wait to see this young man accomplish what he's going to do at the next level. And one thing about being a long snapper is you're not going to know about him because if he does his job perfectly, he's just going to snap the ball and go to the sideline. The only reason you're going to know about him is if he has a bad snap, but that's not the case. I, think he had, I don't think he missed a snap his entire career at Bama, but nonetheless, Thomas Fletcher, the standout from Alabama, kind of enough to join us here. On the C2P This has been a C2P exclusive